Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. You know, sometimes we think we can hold our temper, maybe our opinion, our alcohol. But while these first two, temper and opinion, can and should be driven by our brain, the last one, alcohol, doesn't have a chance when our brain goes off kilter. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm your host today, Jill Taylor, and we're delighted to have two guests, Fran Drennan and her husband, Danny Drennan. So we welcome you two precious people. Thanks for joining us, Danny. Thank you, Jill. And for coming back, Fran. Thank you so much, Jill. I know that last week our listener remembers that Fran was sharing with us about the role of dealing with your family, your young girls, and trying to live a life of staying away from alcohol. You did a great job, and we've already had lots of comments from our listeners on that. Now, Danny, I'd love to hear a little bit of your story and how you two met, because I met you originally at a Bible study when I first moved here from California, and it was just delightful, and I had no idea of any of the background in your lives. Well, I originally met Fran when I was probably in my early 30s, and we had some common friends, and we used to socialize with them. Uh, There were parties uh, at their house, our house, and everybody else's house, so that's really how I got to know Fran. Then I wound up going into uh, Alcoholics Anonymous when I was 33 years old, and uh, we weren't fun anymore to them, and they weren't fun anymore to us, quite frankly, so never saw Fran again for about 15 years. About 15 years later, uh, I was going through a divorce, an unwanted divorce. I didn't want that to happen. But my sponsor suggested that I give Fran a call. He thought that we'd get along real well. And I did give Fran a call, and ultimately we connected and uh, had dinner together and went out a couple of different times. And then she was dating another guy and said, you know, we really shouldn't be seeing each other. I need to finish this other relationship or see where it's going to go. And uh, quite frankly, I was totally fine with that. I had turned this whole situation over to the care of God. I was not worried about it. I knew God was in control. And a couple months later, Fran called. And two weeks later, she proposed, and I accepted, and we got married. (laughs) She proposed? Yes, she did. Oh, my goodness. That's really a a compliment to you. Or maybe not a compliment to her. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Fran, has it worked out okay? It has been it has been the ride of my life. It really has. It's been uh, wonderful from the standpoint of uh, adventure, <laughs> but also the honesty and the depth of our relationship is something that I consider just a a gift from God. I don't know that I ever knew marriage could be like this. I think people that I would have modeled were more concerned about the role that they played rather than the connection with the relationship of one another and uh, how you're connected to each other and to God. That's a revealing thought. Sometimes we fall in love with a couple that just seems like so much fun and, and have everything they want, and we find ourselves going home and saying, what's the matter with us? How come we can't be that? Why can't we go on that kind of a vacation or whatever? And we complain and grumble 
a little bit. But the reality is we don't know what that family's like alone and they're together and they're dealing with issues that really can create a problem. And the two of us, then, we have to think about our marriage and we say, do we handle it like that? No, we don't. So sometimes we really need to revere what God gives us in a marriage that allows us to not only be in love, but to be in relationship and to be content with each other. Well, one of the things in in Alcoholics Anonymous is rigorous honesty, being rigorously honest. And Fran and I are. We are completely honest with each other on the big things, the small things, and everything in between. And what happens as a result of that vulnerability, the paradox is that by being vulnerable, we're not vulnerable. You know, we get to see who that person really is and not who they're trying to project. So we have that kind of a relationship that we we talk openly. We have an hour and a half of coffee every single morning, and that's not an exaggeration. That's 365 days a year. We have three big cups of coffee, half hour each, and we talk about everything in the world. So we're pretty much in tune with each other most of the time, and we have common values with the family, with uh, faith, with the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are just on the same page together. Fran, that's amazing to have an hour and a half of time together before either of you run out to do errands or anything else. It is such a gift, and it actually happened by, almost by accident. After we got married, we both love coffee. We do have a little problem with moderation. So I would say true to form, (laughs) if we like something, we like it a lot, and we do like coffee. So Denny had said, well, I'll go start a pot of coffee. Well, he brought me a cup back in, and instead of getting ready, we just sat and we did our devotions. And it was so wonderful to feel like the rest of the day, we knew who the other person was and what they had going on, that we did it again the next day. And it became a tradition, I think by day three is when we usually call it a tradition. (laughs) And if we have to get up at three in the morning to make a flight, we will still get up an hour and a half ahead of time to have our three cups of coffee. So it's what we do. You were talking last week about your daughters being able to watch you and see what a healthy relationship was. I know you didn't have that in marriage at that time, but a healthy relationship with them. And now they've been able to see a healthy relationship between you and your husband, Denny. So tell me, are the girls very comfortable with him? Do they feel comfortable with him as their stepfather? Well, they really don't consider him a stepfather. They call us their parents. They have such a depth of relationship with him, and they appreciate his wisdom. So they would choose to go to him if there was a problem that they wanted advice on before they would go to anyone else. He is a source of inspiration and wisdom, and they dearly love him. Danny, how does that make you feel to hear that? Well, it makes me feel wonderful. I have never, never, ever thought of those two daughters as stepchildren at all. They're my daughters, period. When Fran and I made vows to each other when we got married, 
I turned to both of them individually and I made a vow to both of them also. And uh, again, never in my life would I ever even think of them, certainly uh, speak of them as stepchildren at all. They are my daughters. I love them. I'd do anything for them that I would do for my own biological. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me about your children. Well, I have uh, three children, biological, and of course, two more. So we have five together, and we look at it that way, that we have five children. Yeah. Tell me about your kids, though. Well, the my one ch- that you're, your born children that you had a, <laughs> okay. a part in playing. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have uh, three children, a daughter right now that's 48 years old, a teacher here locally, another daughter, 46, who is in real estate here locally, and a son, 42, 43, who is a teacher in Maine. Wonderful, wonderful children. Oh, and so grandchildren from them? We have <laughs> 12 local and three in Maine. That's so great. So you guys are kept busy with grandchildren and with, and with your own children as adults? We are. I always say it's time to get on our running shoes and <laughs> we're kept very busy. One of the things that keeps you busy is, is a very special child that was born to your daughter. Fran, would you tell us a little bit about your grandson, Johnny? Oh, I'm happy to, Jill. When my daughter found out that she was pregnant with twins, you can imagine the ecstatic that we all had in our hearts, and we were so elated. And then she said, no, mom, hang on. They're called mono-mono twins, and they share the same sac, and they share the same placenta, and they are very rare and they are likely not going to survive. And she said the doctors had said for us to not name them, and that if I still am pregnant by the seventh month, they'll put me in the hospital and monitor me there. So there was a lot of fear and anxiety and emotion with every single doctor visit as she progressed through her weeks and months of pregnancy. At the seventh month, when she was getting ready to go into the hospital, there was a nanny for her little girl uh, that was in the home, and everything was ready to go. Uh, The day before she had the doctor's appointment, everything was fine with both of the little boys. We knew they were boys. They were named. There was Johnny and Graham. And then uh, the next morning, She goes to the doctor, and there's only one heartbeat. They realized that one of the babies had died. So while that would help Johnny, because he would not have the umbilical cord of the other one, that would be a risk for a cord accident. They also knew that he had a brain bleed and that he had a stroke. So there were going to be challenges. So at that point, they offered her and her husband to make a decision about whether to continue with this pregnancy. And those were dark days in our family as they were trying to make some very tough decisions. And of course, they knew where I stood after having been with you for so long, Jill, on working with pregnancy support, but they also knew that the two of them needed to pray about it and be connected with the same decision 
they still had another daughter and they needed to stay married. And so they took time, prayed about it, cried about it, thought about it. And the next day when I went up there to babysit, they went to their doctor's appointment and they came back and said, we've decided to let God be God. Very difficult decision. And of course, we didn't know what we were getting into, but we did know in the way they phrased that, they were really looking to God to be the author of life and to be the guider of their life. And those were poignant benchmarks in our family's life. And so important, I think, as grandparents and parents, that we weigh our words, allow them to make the decisions they need to make. This is very, very good parenting that we're hearing today. I'm so grateful for the both of you to be here. We're going to take a quick break and come right back. So don't go away right here on Choose Life Radio. Choose Life Radio believes that life is a sacred gift from God and should be treated as such from conception to natural death. Our purpose is to share in-depth conversations with persons who have a direct connection to the life issue. These conversations encourage, inspire, and shine the light of God's amazing grace on a lost and hurting world. Your gift today, whatever the size, will help us continue to expand the reach of these life-affirming conversations. You can give generously online by visiting chooseliferadio.com. Just click the Donate button at the top of the page, or you can mail your gift to Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. That address is also posted at chooseliferadio.com. Your gift helps keep this life-affirming message on the radio. Now let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I am so glad you're with us today. We've really been so blessed with this interview with Fran and Danny Drennan. Sometimes personal things that happen in our lives really cause us to want to clam up and not discuss it or to say that scar isn't even there. Danny, you've made it really clear all of your children are your children together even though you both came from different marriages. Tell me, how did you decide that was important, and how did you put that on the burner? Well, when, when Fran and I made that decision to get married, I obviously knew I was going to be having two more daughters. Mine were all out of the home at that point. I had a son just going to college, the youngest of my children. I was very excited, uh, honored, really, to have an opportunity to parent again. And I really wanted that chance to do it again. I, you know, having gone through it with my three, I, I really loved the process. And I was hoping that it could be a blessing to those young ladies. I, I wanted to be dad again in that particular way. So it was a blessing to me. Uh, it was not a burden at all. It was something I looked forward to. And you began talking about them as your child. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things we were very deliberate and intentional about was bringing the family together. So we did brunch, as an example, every Sunday after church. We brought all the five kids together, and we had a, a brunch. And then we took the whole group of them, and we went to New York City for Christmas and did Radio City and all of that. 
And then we took everybody down to Florida together. And then we did these things very intentionally, obviously birthday parties, Christmas, any holiday like that. But we also did half-year birthdays. So whatever the half-year would be on their birthday, we'd have, have another birthday party. So we were intentional about bringing everybody together as often as we could to have fun and develop relationships. Quite frankly, it really worked. <laughs> That's great. Fran, how did you how did you cope with somebody who was going to be that active? <laughs> well, you know, I wanted it too, because you realize these kids did nothing wrong and their parents got divorced. And now these kids who don't know each other from Adam are going to be family. And that is very, very hard. And you can't fast forward this. You cannot create instant relationships. They take time and they don't just happen. So if you're not intentional, then you don't get it. And that's a thing. We wanted, we needed to create a history in order to feel a relationship because there wasn't a history yet. So we had to have the events that everybody would then be able to talk about on the next event because you don't know each other. And if you do nothing, you'll get nothing. I think that my kids were a little starved for having the family. They loved the idea of having an older big brother and sisters. And I think that the older kids thought that the younger ones were kind of fun. And then we ended up having a grandchild within the first year of our being married. And that absolutely did another level of bonding. But if blended families don't create a history, then you're not going to have a depth of relationship to build the future upon. And so we knew that and wanted to work diligently to have that. Oh, it's such an important thing you just said. And I, I hope, listener, whether you've gone through a rough time, whether you have experienced a divorce, I want you to understand these are two people who both experienced a divorce, found each other, and are absolutely focused on making that family be comfortable and together and blended. How did that help you bring along the right response to little Johnny? Did you have a hiccup there of, oh my goodness, I'm not capable, Denny, of doing this, but we'll always have Fran do it? Tell me what took place in your hearts and in your minds as you figured out how to really be the grandparents you wanted to be to Johnny. I just wanted to try to be helpful. I wanted to be a blessing. I wanted to be there 100% so they, they knew that I was there, that I would be willing to do that and volunteer. I knew it was going to be tough for them, but it was interesting. I don't know how old Johnny was, maybe six months and they sent us a picture of him smiling for the first time. And when I saw that smile on his face, knowing all the struggles that he had and was going to have, it totally warmed my heart, you know, just to see that smile. I didn't know if we'd ever see a smile. I didn't know what we were going to get, but that smile gave me hope. What a wonderful blessing that was for the kids, for our daughter and son-in-law. So that was wonderful. What has happened as a result of all of this, it's very, very difficult, of course, you know, with the challenges that he has. But what I have seen is that both our daughter and son-in-law, in my opinion, 
are much better human beings today, much better parents today, than they ever would have been had this not happened. They've had to sacrifice, they've had to suffer, they've had to go through this, they've had to talk. All of the challenges, you know, the crying, the heartache, and and the what-ifs, they have just come through beautifully. And the other thing is, when I watch the other two children, an older daughter and a younger daughter, how they are absolutely in love with Johnny. You know, they're over and hugging him and playing and goofing. And, you know, if he's drooling, they're wiping off his face. And I mean, they are just so in love with him. Everybody is. I mean, the whole family is. And he'll light up a room with his smile. You know, you start goofing with him or anything slapstick. He's he's just rolling, laughing. He's just a blessing to all of us. Fran, that must make you just, your heart just beat. It does. He has an incredible sense of humor. He is very happy, but he loves to laugh. He loves to play. He's in, quote, second grade now. And so in many respects, just if Denny acts goofy, Johnny responds just like a, a regular, typical second grader would respond. Sure. Uh, the older daughter is is so, so good with him. She was always kind of uh, the she, a second mom to him. And even now, if ever I'm up there helping out and I need help, you know, I may um, grab his arms and she'll grab his legs and we'll kind of wibble wobble him back to the changing table. And he just laughs. He literally belly laughs over things. So his spirit is something to behold. His joy is pure and his spirit is loving. He is a remarkable blessing to uh, this family. And who would have thought? He's a lot of work, but he's an incredible blessing and will continue to be. In the last few minutes that we have, I want to bring to the table the truth that in our nation, women and men choose to abort children that they think are going to be difficult physically, emotionally, mentally. And can you imagine what you would be going through had that been the resolve your daughter took, Fran? When you lay this decision at their feet, I did consider that that might be the decision they would make. That was difficult to try and process how do you respond to that. But the decision they made has been a ripple effect blessing to so many other children. He is in a typical public school, and the older sister even says, he's more popular than I am, and I'm in fifth grade because everybody knows Johnny. And that's true. They all know him. They all love him. And I don't see that changing. I think wherever he goes, that infectious joy will go as well. So you're right, Jill. It's crushing to think of the world without him because of the way we know him. Right. What Fran is very gently trying to say is that there's no judgment for decisions we've made in our past. There is a great story today that we're hearing that shows us that God will bless life. And we don't know how he does that. Sometimes we don't know how he does what he does with life that is difficult. 
But the reality is we're sitting here with a couple of grandparents who are just smile ear to ear over their grandson. Precious listener, I hope that you might resonate with this story today and might want to share it with someone that you know who's making a difficult decision right now. And I hope it can be an encouragement to them to understand they're not alone. There are people that they can reach out to. So, Danny, thank you for joining us. Any last-minute statements you want to make? The only thought I had while you were talking, Jill, was that when you have to sacrifice and give of yourself, as Johnny's mom and dad have, there's a blessing that comes from that. It's a strong blessing. They are the beneficiaries. The whole family's a beneficiary. We are so blessed that we've had you as guests, both of you. I have tears streaming down my face as I've listened to this because it's so precious. It's so real. I know it touches your heart like it touches mine. Please consider helping us stay on radio right here on Choose Life Radio by making a gift to our website, chooseliferadio.com. While you're there, there are some wonderful interviews that have taken place in the past. I'd love for you to just kind of scan those. Some of them are relevant to the things that are happening today in our world. Or you can send me mail at our post office box, which is P.O. Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. I love to go to that box, and sometimes it's empty, and I droop my face as I walk out. So please put a smile on my face and send me a little piece of mail and let me know what you're thinking. Again, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. And that's it for today. Dear listener, I look forward to seeing you next week with another great and exciting interview. God bless. I'm Jill Taylor, and you're listening to Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.